Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Geek Rant, episode 313, While We Were Out, recorded January 28th, 2018, and brought to you by Element OP Productions. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Drive Time Radio for Geeks, only now it's shorter, and it's not really drive time, because those shows are long, but that's what I have to go with, so I'm going with it. My name is Mark, sometimes referred to behind my back mostly, as the Sultan of the Soapbox Cockrell. And joining me this week, as always, are you two stalwart co-hosts. Stalwart co-hosts. It was a bad Bruce Lee dub all of a sudden. Stalwart co-hosts, Seth the Gooey Kid Anderson and Miles the Aussie Jenner Wakeham. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, Mark, and howdy to the faithful opiates. We love yous. And today I hate Apple. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! Well, today, you know. It's not just today, but yeah. Hello, everyone. So those of you listening to the audio version of this podcast, which is the overwhelming majority of you, will not know that Miles is having technical difficulties right now, but his audio is very low in the live stream, and his video is very choppy. Uh, So he's almost kind of sort of here. Um, And so those of you watching YouTube video, I apologize for not having taken the effort and time to fix that in post, because... Frankly, I don't care that much. Um, give me a reason to care, and I, I will. I will do that. Um, but otherwise, here we go. Um, see, I already start. Forgot to start the timer. This this whole timer thing, it's just it's going to take some getting used to. Um, anyway, this is the. Uh, uh, we promised you that the first episode of every month would be a uh, sort of. Uh, geek culture, um, uh, random topics sort of stuff, the things that that you have come to appreciate uh, or hate, as the case may be, from other shows. So naturally, the second show back, we're going to deviate from that. And instead of the first uh, show of the, uh, the of, of the month, we'll do it at the last show of the month. But we were gone for six weeks, and uh, we just thought we'd fill you in on what we did over the last six weeks. So if you're one of those people that hate shows that are all about us, that have no topic, and it's just three guys um, you know, meandering through various topics, you can just skip this one, turn it off now, and we'll see you next week where we'll be doing the exact same thing. Um, but uh, otherwise, if you're the kind of people who actually like us a little bit and want to know about our lives, this show is for you. So uh, first off, uh, gentlemen, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Um Happy Festivus, Merry Kwanzaa, all of those holidays that I missed while we were away. Ditto. Right back at you. Same yeah. to you, but more of it. There we How go. About that? That's my standard holiday greeting that people look at me weird and go, what? So if if any of you um, have, have spent time in Catholic churches, I'm going to make this generalization because I've been to several Catholic churches and, and this was the case in all of them. So I'm, I'm extrapolating that out to mean that it's all Catholic churches. Uh, they will have these various greetings, uh, the Lord be with you, and the proper response is, and also with you. So I have come to, I have appropriated that for, so that anytime somebody says something like Merry Christmas or good morning or how are you, my response is, and also with you. And uh, it's funny, maybe only to me. But I find it funny. So, and also with you. Same to you, but more of it. <laughs> because normally that's an insult. But if they wish you a Merry Christmas, you say same to you, but more of it. You so go. you wish them a very Merry Christmas. Um, so we're, uh, my Christmas was relatively uneventful. Um, and I kind of like it that way. Uh, we didn't do... Um, 
we didn't do a whole lot. We just kind of hung out as a family, did some day trips, you know, went to the winter wonderland down the street and, and, you know, things like that. But mostly it was just, uh, I took a week off between Christmas and New Year's and uh, we just kind of hung out. Uh, prior to that time, I had been really busy with work stuff and, and all the church stuff leading up to it. If you're active in a church, you know that that's a very busy time of year with various programs. And then we had the school programs. We had three uh, or two two band concerts, two choir concerts, and uh, you know various things throughout the time. So I was ready um, by that time to just sort of unplug, and that's what I did. And it was awesome. Um, and we ate well, of course. That's what... Well, we do, but uh, that was that was my wrap up of Christmas. You guys got any miles? You're out there in the summer. What did you do um, in the 83 to de- degree Christmas day? Um, well, I, you know, my daughter was home from college for about three or four weeks, which was really cool. And we actually brought my mother-in-law back with us from Australia when we came back after. Wow, when was that? That was, um, I guess, it was just prior to Thanksgiving, right? November. So. Yeah, so we had we had a full family, which was really cool. And I guess because of that, we just chose not to do anything. I mean, we'd been we spent a lot of 2017 traveling, and I wasn't traveled out, but I was just it was just nice to be home for the holidays, you know. So yeah, so we just did that. So I I just got up to all my little, you know, home projects and and stuff like that, but mainly just hanging with the family and just having a good time. That's cool. That's for me. That's what the holidays uh, are all about. Any holiday, honestly, uh, from Christmas to Thanksgiving to Labor Day to Groundhog Day. Um, I'm a very family centric guy, and so that's what I do with my family, uh, with my holiday time. So I'm glad to see that uh, that you got some of that time in too. Oh yeah. What about you, Seth? Anything exciting or, or new? No, nothing really new. Just kind of uh, stayed around the house. Didn't do much. And that was the holidays this year. All right. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to that. Uh, one of the Sorry. things that <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> one of the things that we like to do is talk about movies and television uh, shows and and books and that sort of stuff that we like. I have a big long list of them because I was away for six weeks and I listen to a, on average a book a week and then I watch lots of movies and TV shows whenever I can. So I've got a long list. We're probably not going to get to all of those things, but Seth also has some stuff. So let's talk. Uh, let me just give you a couple of. Uh, uh, reviews just uh, off the top of my head uh, Ferdinand uh, if anybody out there uh, thought that uh, John Cena as a cartoon bull couldn't make a uh, classic family animated film you're absolutely right it was a dog um, even my nine-year-old came out of there going that wasn't very good um, but they got my 50 bucks because I took my family to see it. So I guess on that regard, they were successful. It was just a bland, blah, generic animal movie that had voices of at least one guy that we knew. So there's my review. But you couldn't see him. You couldn't see him. That's right. Well, you know, you know, there is a little John Cena news this week. Um, if you're an old-time gamer... You'll know the game Duke Nukem. Ah, yes. You guys, yes. Apparently, there's a movie coming out, and John Cena has been cast as Duke Nukem. That okay, that interests work. me. Yeah, <laughs> come I'm, get some. <laughs> I'm all in. I can't. I even if it's terrible, it's going to be awesome. 
that's that's a oh, no yeah. lose proposition right there. All yeah, they so need to do to is make the asylum produce it, and then you got a winner. <laughs> you could have Nukem every year. Uh, I've been watching. Anyway. Uh, just started yesterday. There's a an eight part series on Netflix uh, called "The Toys That Made Us." Uh, and it goes back to the toys of the 80s. It start, the Episode one was Star Wars. Episode two was Barbie. Episode three was He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Um, and talk about really bad movies uh, made with muscly guys. Um, I'm really enjoying that from the nostalgia. Uh, my wife really got a lot out of the Barbie. She's like, oh, yeah, I had that one and I had that one. Finally, I said, how many Barbie dolls did you have? She said, oh, 20, 25. It's like, I was lucky if I got a toy. A year she and i led very different lives uh but it's an interesting uh show um it's very uh sarcastic and ironic um it makes fun of our own history but in a in a delightful way uh so I, i'm really enjoying the first three episodes of it uh but anyway the, the he-man and the master of the universe it was it's kind of like duke nukem i mean there's there's kind of no way to do it right but you kind of can't go wrong either with that one when you make when you put Dolph Lundgren in as He-Man even if it's terrible it's a win um, so I'm looking forward to John Cena as Duke Nukem that's that's <laughs> kind of the best news I've heard all day Miles there you go I'm bringing it <laughs> um, so uh, any flops that you guys saw so I started with Ferdinand any anything that you saw that you would recommend people not do uh. Everything I saw was at least okay. So right. nothing I would say stay away from. I didn't see any movies per se. I, I, nothing I remember. So I can't really say I saw any flops because I didn't. I spent, I, you know, it's funny. I spent a lot of time watching TV. And if you tell me what were you watching, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's not really watching <laughs> no TV. Idea. That's TV on while you're doing something else. Yeah, it's because it's a decompression moment for me. I yeah. guess I just don't tune in as much unless it's something specific that i'm watching but no there wasn't any flops so seth i'm interested in your take on jumanji i've i've only heard a couple of reviews but they were all positive about it so what do you what did you think of jumanji okay first of all sacrilegiously i have to admit i never saw the original jumanji you didn't so it just yeah um so I, I went into this one, had no idea. I mean, of course, I mean, you know what it's about, but I had no expectations from good or bad from the first one. But I got to say, it was really, it was really funny. Um, you know, you, you have The Rock and Dwayne Johnson. They're like the buddy comedy duo of the, right. that's the same. What person. are we? The, the teens? The or, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Kevin White or Kevin Hart, Hart and Dwayne Johnson. So and Jack Black is thrown in there. Um, the character he plays is hilarious. Um, who knew dance fighting was a thing? But it's it's if you've played video games a lot, it's very tropic and you know the stuff they tried out. But it was a very 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 enjoyable movie. So um, family friendly, I think. Um, you know, most of the the action is the. I mean, you know. Anyway, I think it's pretty family-friendly, actually, now that I think about it. So, good movie, lots of laughs, lots of funny parts. Um, I can't think of any reason to really... Well, there's one. I didn't see it in 3D, and there's probably this one scene uh, where if you saw it in 3D, it might be okay. But 
I wouldn't say it was a 3D movie, but very enjoyable. I really enjoy watching it. Thumbs up for me. Awesome. Um, I, I wanted to, well, I'll get to Miles first. You have some TV show stuff here. It looks like they were probably all on Netflix as well that you watched, uh, Miles. Uh, somewhat. Uh, yeah, um, uh, the big highlight, Black Mirror. Oh, my God. Unbelievable show. You've got to be really, you've got to have a pretty solid stomach for uh, dystopian um it'll make you feel really, really awkward <laughs> type of TV. But they did some amazing things uh, in this series. It's probably one of my, my favorite seasons of that show, and I've watched it since the first one ever came out. Uh, but unbelievable. E- each one, there's usually about six episodes per season. Each one is an entirely independent short story. Um, think uh, Stephen King with mr robot and that's basically black mirror but everything's based on technology that we use on a day-to-day basis and how it can be used so very wrong and turned into an amazing thriller story unbelievable stuff um a lot of them are not uh uh not safe for work uh, a lot of them are kind of adultish um but and a lot of them are just plain They'll make you feel really, ugh. but it is what it is. And this particular season did not disappoint. So it's on. I guess it's uh, it's on Netflix. Uh, but I would say, don't just watch this season. Watch as many of them as you can, because they're all kind of bizarre and weird. So let me just recap what you just said. It's a television show that will make you feel bad um, at best and make you hate the world at worst. But you recommend it. Totally. I mean, if you know, art's supposed to do that, right? It's supposed to make you think twice about things. It's supposed to not necessarily make you feel. It's like when punk rock came out, right? People, people got upset because of the Sex Pistols, or they got upset because of all you know people spitting at each other at concerts or whatever. Um, but that made people think. It broke us out of. Uh, uh, well, you know, I'm showing my age here, but back in the '70s, it used to be about glam rock. And you know, yes, and Queen, Queen, and all these big stadium bands, and uh, it was never humanly accessible. And along comes a whole new art form, and it makes people feel really weird. And next thing you know, it becomes part of our modern day culture. And what um, you know, what Charlie Brooker has done with Black Mirror is exactly the same thing. He makes you think about things like security and Internet of Things devices and your phone and and surveillance and all this sort of stuff. It's part of the fabric of the show. And when you watch it in a dystopian science fiction thriller, it you walk away going, oh, yeah, I should be more aware of that. Or, you know, it's it, it, they're just really cool. Geeks would love this show. It's a geek-friendly show. <laughs> Seth, you have any experience? Oh, you don't have Netflix, right? Yeah, no. I uh, – I- you know, I don't have net. I have access, like you know, through my niece sometimes, but no, I don't have Netflix. So I'm guessing that's how you watch the Defenders as well. Was yes. through somebody else. Yeah, I finally, I finally got to watch it, and like the last episode of Defenders was great um, with all the, the the like the nonstop fighting. But I'm I 
in one way it was cool because you had all of these different characters you got to see, but in another way, you know, you can tell that I was, I had really high hopes for defenders because I thought, okay, all that talent, they disbursed apart to all those series is back together. And there were flashes where it was really good, but overall it was really okay. So I was, I'm still going to watch Punisher. I still want to see Punisher because I, he did a, they did a great job with that character. So I'm interested to see how they do for a whole series with them. And I mean, series of what, eight episodes, but, um, yeah, I, I saw the defenders overall. I'm glad I saw it, but it was okay. Now Punisher is 12 or 13 episodes. So it's, oh, uh, it is? Cool. it's a full series. Uh, well, full ish. Uh, right, not 22 that, that we're accustomed to on sitcoms. But uh, I rank Punisher. I finished it uh, over the break as well. I, I think when we left, I was only on episode two or three. I finished it, and I rank it just behind uh, Daredevil season one. Um, okay, cool. G- good acting, good drama. There were parts of it that were over-the-top comedic, um, but that's, I mean, uh, not comedic, but comic bookish, but that's to be expected. Uh, and really only two or three moments of just ridiculous level gore. Um, most of it, you know, I mean, Punisher is a violent character. There's a lot of violence, um, but uh, there, there, there are a few moments where it's, it's more like expendables than, than Punisher. It's just, it's unnecessary and, and cartoonish and not really believable. Um, but for the most part, it's really, really solid. I was impressed with it. And uh, the actor that they got to play the Punisher really does, a great job um the you really believe that he is tortured and insane um and there are scenes there they delve much more into this one where he just ab- in the most literal sense lives in an, an alternate reality to the rest of us so that we we see one thing and he sees something else and they do they delve into that in a much deeper way and uh, i really appreciated that about it cool well, I'm like I say, I'm looking forward to that one. That is on my. Uh, that's my next one that I want to watch. A few others I might take a look at. But um, I finished uh, Sherlock, uh, the the third season of that or series as they call it. So I'm I'm fully caught up with uh, 2013 now. Um, <laughs> it's uh, really I love, I really solid. Um, there were a couple of areas, particularly in that the, the there there are three or four episode seasons but each episode is like 90 minutes so it's it's really like three full-length movies um in a, in a season and there were a couple of them where they just kind of went off the deep end a little bit you could tell the writers were just running out of ideas toward the end there uh but overall very solid um good good television i mean everybody been telling me for years that i needed to watch it and they weren't wrong yeah yeah you should, that's definitely worth saying yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch like that, is a very you know, charismatic fellow. Um, I would pay thirteen dollars to watch him read the phone book. So it's kind of hard <laughs> to, to for him to do wrong, but uh, they give him good stuff. I'm sorry, Miles. I think I was stepping on you there. No, no. I was I was going to say that um, it's a sign that the British television uh, at that level, that sort of epic high end level, uh, goes all out. Um, it's a it's a great it's a great show and yeah I've I've watched it since the start and I've loved it. I think they did a remarkable job. Um I'll I'll quickly gloss over a couple of movies. I saw La La Land uh with uh, people Emma Stone yeah, and Emma, Ryan Gosling. 
that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't regret having watched it. It wasn't a waste of time, but I have no interest in ever seeing it again. Uh, it was just a Amen. a weird modern musical. Um, you know, meh. Yeah, I saw it. I I actually I didn't like it, um, but not that it wasn't well done. But it was just like I don't like the direction they took it, and I don't really have any desire to see. It. But I don't have any desire to see it again. But I had a desire to see it originally because I like Ryan Gosling and I like Emma Stone. So. Yeah. Emma Stone is an amazing actress who was completely wasted in this movie. Uh, Ryan Gosling, I yeah. don't honestly have any. I can't tell you anything else he's ever done, so I don't know if he's a, an amazing actor or not. Um, I did see The Darkest Hour. Uh, that's out in theaters now. Um, it's the story of Winston Churchill's uh, election to prime minister, and as it overlaps with the events at Dunkirk, uh, Gary Oldman is masterful in that movie um it is an excellent uh historical film it's slow and plotting there's very little action it is a um it is a historical political documentary drama kind of thing it's um while there are uh, war events you don't see any of them so there's no action there uh but is a it is if you like that kind of movie if you liked uh willem dafoe was it willem dafoe daniel day lewis as lincoln uh, then you'd like Gary Oldman as Churchill. Uh, and Wait a minute, was that the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter or the other no. Lincoln? Movie? <laughs> the other one. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay. Um, so yeah, I uh, went in with minimal expectations. My thinking was, I like Churchill. I like Gary Oldman. Uh, my wife wants to see it. Those three things make it worth paying for. Um, but walked out very impressed with it. Um, so I, I two enthusiastic thumbs up for that one. Either you've seen that one? No, but Have now I hear, hear your review. I will be. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, but it's one I want. Yeah, and I like Gary Oldman. Um, he always plays the sort of weird guys, but he is so buried in that character that you have to look to see Gary Oldman. I mean, you have to you have to stop yourself and think. I'm watching a guy I, I whose face I know. Because his face is so buried that the makeup is outstanding, but not just the makeup, but the mannerisms and the way he carries himself. He really looks like a broken down, drunk, old, you know, 60-ish year old man, which may in fact be Gary Oldman at this point in his career. I don't know. Uh, But uh, he he does it really well. And it it doesn't pull any punches. It shows Churchill at his best and at his worst. Um, Anyway, so I'll stop. uh, um, What's the word? gushing about that i want to tell you about a, a couple of books uh that i read while i was away one is uh if you're into just uh, the history of weird stuff uh not weird stuff but mundane stuff consider the fork is an excellent history of cooking and eating utensils I, yeah, yeah, I just said that thing. An excellent history of cooking and eating utensils. Um, and, but if you're like that kind of thing, and I do, I love uh, taking things, you know, like where did, why do we have the six inch chef knife? Why is that the knife and not the Chinese cleaver or not the, you know, the, the paring knife? Why, why is, uh, why do all forks have four tines? You know, wh- you know, these, these are the things, um, uh, that uh, I find interesting, and it was a, it was a, a dazzling little gem of an audiobook. 
on Audible, uh, Consider the Fork, and then completely opposite from it, because I like to mix it up, uh, is uh, second in the series of books called Helldivers. So the theory, uh, the premise of this is it is 250-odd years after a nuclear apocalypse. We're not sure when the nuclear apocalypse happened, but it was somewhere in the current-ish time frame. So, you know, maybe 2050, 2075, somewhere around there. Um, And humanity, in order to survive the uh, nuclear radiation waste zone that is Earth, has taken to living in airships. Um, so they're floating in helium airships, they're recycling oxygen, they're, they're growing their own food, they're growing animals, and that sort of thing. And so they've been doing this for 250 years. Their machines are falling apart, so they have to send hell divers down. These are guys who parachute down into the, the toxic wasteland that is Earth, scavenge for parts, and then blow themselves back up through helium-based launchers so that the ships can collect them and gather their stuff. Really interesting world building. There's only two books. Uh, It's clear by the way way the second book ends that there's going to be at least a third. Um, But uh, I I enjoy that kind of stuff, and it's it's really well written. A little predictable in parts, but for the most part, really solid. Um, Helldivers available on Audible. Cool. Sounds good. I might have to check that out. I'm looking for something to read tomorrow. Yeah, it's not the political intrigue stuff that you like, Seth, but um, it it is, I think you would enjoy it. Um, And along those lines, you read a series I don't know anything about, but I'm assuming it's sci-fi political stuff because that's what you like. Uh, Actually, this is Zombie Apocalypse. Uh, Arisen, it was a co-worker introduced me to this series and there's 14 books the 14th book finished it and i finally i finally caught up at book 14 so i started it at just the right time and uh used my uh prime plus to get it and then i got greedy and went to the unlimited uh kindle for like ten dollars a month and so uh it's set a few years after the zombie apocalypse uh britain is the only country left um because they were able to isolate themselves quickly you know america has zombie hordes europe has zombie hordes it started as a result of a bioweapon gone wrong in africa that's where it started and of course it spread and so it's the um it's the free world all collapsed down so they're on a united states aircraft carrier but special forces from all over the world form these spec op teams and they're looking for and they end up finding well they there's their search is for a cure to stave off the zombie apocalypse and restore humanity and so it's called arisen uh 14 books and they're not short books but it starts off with action and then gets extreme and by the end it's all action all the time um it's military science fiction uh, high high octane going uh, ca- the characters are very well developed you know for 14 books they better be just really really good if you like fast paced novels if you like long things to read if you like a lot of action all of that is found in Arisen um, check it out if you like zombies so if, if you like The Walking Dead but think that the there's too much intrigue going on and there's not enough zombie killing, then um, you would love Arisen. Uh, so. You know that I'm trying to process all of that. It, well, I can't decide whether it sounds interesting or not. I like military sci-fi. I'm not a big uh-huh. fan of zombies. Um, I don't know. Do you do you like The Walking Dead? 
I've I've never seen one minute of The Walking Dead. Really? Because if you think The Walking Dead is paced slow, you would love Arisen. Um, But so... And, you know, and it's kind of set current day, so it's not like, you know, they don't have the Railgun 9000 and they're not calling down strikes from starships. So imagine today's technology, you know, and they talk about how the satellites are starting to fall out because, you know, they can't launch missions to maintain them. So GPS is going down. There's not enough people to keep the internet going because, you know, there's not enough trained engineers. And so they're talking about having to go back to, you know, almost a card catalog type system uh, of note taking. And so just stuff like that. I very good world building. The world building holds up over 14 novels. So um, you don't get the political intrigue of a David Weber thankfully um and you don't get the same stuff repeated a hundred times like david weber either so all right i enjoyed it i i may see if it's on audible uh and so miles Um, while we were busy reading books and uh, watching television you were fixing all the old stuff behind you i see like new lights on and new screens on yeah there's a cost of owning retro gear things blow up like capacitors just die you, get, you walk into your office, you know, you've got these proud collection of old computers in there. And then every morning you get up and you walk in there with this sense of, I'm going to smell blown capacitors, aren't I? I mean, it just comes with the territory. And it's no different for all the machines I've got behind me. But there's also, I have a garage full of another 20 or so retro computers. And it's a it's a hobby of mine. I pull these things out and I try and give them life again. And and what had happened was uh, a bunch of the machines which I've had sitting behind me for some time, one by one, died. Most of which was due to a power supply fluctuations in the area. Um, you know, some idiot turns the power off because they're fixing your air conditioner. Doesn't tell you. You think the UPS will cover you, and it doesn't. Next thing you know, you've got dead computers. Um, well, that was my, my world last year, so I decided over the holidays to fix them all. So, yeah, one by one, I did them. And uh, I, I must say, look, um, the vintage computer, compu- computer community who is out there are the nicest bunch of guys ever, and they help – everybody helps everybody out, and – you just have to ask and somebody knows how to fix something. It's There's somebody there and who wants to tell you what life was like in 1982 and all you got to do is just ask and they'll tell you how to fix whatever you want. And I'm blown away by this community. And because of that, all my machines are all back up and running again. So uh, And some. So uh, I'm, I'm very happy. That's cool. Any... any- Interesting experiences in that, that that you'd like to talk about in particular? Um, yeah, I, I, the, the, this, behind me there's an Apple II GS which uh, has been there for a while. Um, every One of the things which is a growing theme I've got in all of the retro computers that I have in my office is that I will not put a machine in there, <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> I will not put a machine in there that does not have solid state storage. And it it's kind of a, it's like a, a mission I set to myself that I wanted to be able to have all these old computers, but I wanted to be able to have all the software they ever had and always available and online at any time if I wanted. 
And that, you know, it's a pretty tall order, but that's what I chose to do. Um, every one of those machines behind me has solid state storage. And uh, so consequently, no problems with hard drives dying or floppy drives dying or, or any of that. Well, one of the machines, the 2GS, has got a, a card in it, which is called a CFFA 3000. And it sounds, sounds like something out of a science fiction novel. But uh, in fact, what it is, uh, is a, um, a device that you plug uh, either a USB or a compact flash card into, and you load all your content on there. When you boot it, it will give you the option of presenting you with a menu of everything you've got in this device, and you can like virtually load it to a disk drive. And, uh, and then having done that, you then tell it to boot the disk, and it boots the game. They're remarkable bits of hardware. The guy who makes them, he only does short runs. Uh, he's done a number of runs over the time, but normally he does it about once a year. If you're lucky enough to get in on buying one of these things, then you know, you'll get one. Well, I bought two of them over the course of a couple of years, and both of them, for some really weird reason, died. And I thought, oh, I've had to, you know, I'm going to wait six months before he produces another batch before I can, you know, buy another one. Well, out of pure interest, I found this guy on the internet and I, sh I sent him an email and, and his name's Rich Dreyer. And I said, hey, Rich, look, I've got a couple of these cards that you got. Do you have any idea what might be wrong with them? And he goes, tell you what, put them in the mail, send them to me and I'll fix them for you for free. I'm like, dude, come on, really? I mean, I don't expect that. No, 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 I'll do it. Just send it. And you know what he did? And they came back and they worked great. This guy rocks. So again, just another example of the vintage computer community uh, coming together and uh, making good things happen. That is very cool. I like hearing stories like that. And yeah, just, you know, I have a... Or, go ahead, Seth. I was going to say, I have a great 2GS story. Um, they, those came out when I was in high school, and we had a lab full of them, and we had a first-year teacher. And so I went in, and I remember I changed the input language to French and the output language to Danish. And because her knowledge was in PC, she had no idea what I'd done, and I just thought it was hilarious. I got called into the office uh, later in the day whenever she finally figured it out. But I thought it was funny that you could go in and make the output thing, output one language and input another and then just not tell anyone. And then all of a sudden these computers are spitting out weird characters. Fun times. <laughs> Absolutely. That's brilliant, man. <laughs> uh, and just while you were talking there, I checked and uh, there are 14 books plus a preamble, uh, 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 book 0.5, um, of the Arisen series Two prequels. on Audible. Okay, well, so. the, all that's there is, is just Arisen book 0 0.5. And anyway, there, there's 15 books. Not only are they there, but they're uh, narrated by my one of my favorite authors, R, uh, uh, actors, rather, R.C. Bray. I have gone and downloaded books just because he was reading them. Uh, he's that good. Well, so I'm in. If you like the first one, you'll like the series. If you don't like the first one, you probably won't like the series. All right. That's fair enough. So we have just about a minute to go in this segment. Uh, I don't think I had anything else in particular that I wanted to mention. You guys, anything you just have to get in there? 
I was just going to throw throw a recommendation for one other TV series because it was an unusual find. Um, it's a show called Mr. Mercedes, and it's a season of a series of shows in a season uh, based on a Stephen King novel. And it's of all things, it was on the Audience Network, which I I don't think I've ever watched that before. It's something on DirecTV or, I don't know, AT&T sponsor it or whatever. Um, unbelievable series of uh, very good crime thriller with a real kind of cyber hacker twist on it. Uh, the villain is a computer guy, you know, works in a store fixing computers and uses technology to basically pick his victims and kills them and that sort of thing. Anyway, um, really good. Really, really good. Uh, funny thing is, directed by David Kelly, who I found out was the guy back in the 80s who did like L.A. Law and all those TV series that were pretty popular back then. Um, anyway, he directed this thing. But yeah, uh, major recommendation. Very, very cool. You, I don't know where you'll find it. Uh, it might be a BitTorrent thing. But, um, you know, it's, it's a good show. Really well worth uh, hunting down. All right. I'm always interested in learning new things. Um, just one quick thing I stumbled onto. It's been around for a while. It's a Netflix original. It's Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. And it's Jerry Seinfeld in a sports car of his choosing, usually some old Porsche or something like that, picking up one of his friends who's also a comedian, and they go get coffee. That's the whole thing. But it's remarkably fun uh, to see him and... Um, uh, norm mcdonald go get coffee or him and sarah jessica parker go get coffee it's it's more fun than i expected it to be and uh and family friendly i mean they do have some adultish topics but any of the serious words get bleeped out so worth checking out and now it's time for this week in history seth all right, Mark, I wanted to let you know that on January the 28th, 1999, Yahoo buys GeoCities. Yahoo buys GeoCities for 3.65 billion United States dollars. GeoCities was an early web hosting service getting its start in 1994. Has a testament to its enduring popularity, there were at least 38 million pages remaining on GeoCities when Yahoo shut it down in 2009, 10 years after purchase. And that happened this week in history, Mark. And now, back to you. Yeah, GeoCities was this neat uh, idea when we were still trying to figure out how to organize the web. Search engines weren't really a thing yet. Uh, they were uh, Yahoo was an index uh, of links. Uh, Alta Vista was an index of links. Google uh, really wasn't off the ground. And GeoCities said, we're going to organize the web the same way we organize cities. We're going to have um, neighborhoods. And we will group like neighborhoods together. So if your websites are about computer repair, you'll be in this neighborhood. And if your websites are about porn, you'll be in this neighborhood. And if your websites are about children's educational programming, they'll be in this neighborhood. Great idea that never worked. I never figured out anything. It was just a link that would take me to a GeoCities page. I never figured out how to browse the neighborhoods. I never figured out what the, the neighborhoods were about. But it, for many people, that and, say, Tripod, I would say, were the first landing pages of the Internet, the first places people created 
anything on the internet because GeoCities was not just a uh, storehouse, but also a web service, uh, web page uh, server platform where you could go and create a page. Didn't they have like templates or something that made it easy so you didn't have to know how to code to do a website? And it was a good mix of the two. You could start with a template. And back then, every template was just a centered list of text right down the middle of the page uh, with a banner at the top. But yeah, they had templates and you could just plug things in and not know any coding at all. But if you didn't know how, uh, how to code HTML, that was an option too. It was also it also was responsible for launching a lot of web designers' careers too because it was one of the first sites that you could actually for free host something. Um, you know, in the past you had to pay a lot of money to get a domain name and a web hosting. You know, back in the nineties that was that was serious coin. Uh, GeoCities did everything for free, and yeah, you didn't get a really nice URL. You didn't get that, but it was good enough if you wanted to dabble with HTML and JavaScript. You could do some cool stuff with it. It wasn't it wasn't perfect, but it was a really good start. And a lot of people moved on from there and became designers and coders, and who knows where they ended up. I remember trying to put my GeoCities URL on a business card, and it wouldn't fit on a standard three-inch business card because the URL was so long. <laughs> See, you should have had the idea for a URL shortener. You could have made bank back in the day. Quite possibly. Uh, did anybody ever pay for a URL shortener? I mean, those were have always been free, right? Yeah, I that's always AdSense revenue, I think. It just yeah. kept those guys going. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this week in history. Seth, uh, what do you have this week to lower my productivity, thus making you seem like a better hiring option? Okay, well, this could definitely lower your productivity. So if sometimes counting is just too hard and you don't know what number comes next, well, this guy counts to 100,000 in one video and he just goes. And so it's the dumbest thing I have seen in quite some time. And he just makes notes when he reaches specific milestones. So if you need help counting to 100,000, this guy can do it. So (laughs) Mr. Beast video for the win. Good luck in watching this and then talking to your boss at work the next day. 23 hours, 48 minutes and five seconds. Um, he said the original because video Adobe was maxes out at 24. Yeah. It was originally 40 minutes long. <laughs> and he just stands there and counts. That's all he does. This dude wearing a Harvard t-shirt. This is what you do with a Harvard education. People, you sit in a chair and you count. Um, and he has how many views? 10 over million views. His parents must be so proud. <laughs> 10 million views of him counting to 100,000 in one video. Yes. So, and he has, he apparently has uh, loads of subscribers uh, on his YouTube channel. I had not run across him before today, but that's not saying much. There's huge swaths of the net I'm yet to become acquainted with. So, um, but anyway, yes, like I say, Watch that for an hour and then go try to have an intelligent conversation with anyone. <laughs> I, I don't know if this guy is a genius or a moron or maybe some mix of the two, but I, I got to say, he knows how to finish what he started. 
Uh, I don't think I would do that. I think I'd get <laughs> bored after about, you know, a hundred and say, all right, for, this isn't worth it. But he got 10 million views and he deserves every one of those. Yes. Yeah. And I, I read a little bit about him making it. He said it was 40 hours, but Adobe would only do 24. So he had to speed up some sections to get it under that 24 hour mark so he could upload it. Now that's some dedication right there. So at, at some point he's saying 98,276, 98,277, 98,270. What, where was I? Yeah, I mean, seriously, One, he must have two. some uh, some sort of counter going or something. I mean, how do you keep track um, for 23 hours? I'm sure he didn't do it all in one sitting, but still. I, I couldn't do just that number there. Anyway. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so this is the part of the show where I tell you how you can contact us, how, how you can let us know what you think about what we're doing. Uh, we really do care. Uh, well, uh, Miles and Seth care more than I do, but but some of us really do care about what you think about what we're doing. Do you like the the new format? Do you do you hate it? Do you wish we'd uh, uh, just all go away? Well, if that's the case, you could just unsubscribe and boom, boom we would go away. Uh, but anyway, uh, go to elementop.com, click the contact us button at the top of the page, and let us know what you uh, what you think. Um, and uh, you know, I. I, I I truly, honestly look forward to getting email from uh, members of the audience. I, I got several uh, uh, emails when we went back live saying, yay, we're so glad you're back. We're we're glad to hear what you're doing. Uh, one of them um, was just super excited. It's like, this is the best news I've ever heard. It was great. And I, I thought, you, you know, thank you. But maybe you're just a little over the top about it. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm, if we can bring that much joy into a single person's life, then you know we're kind of doing something right, right? Um, anyway, go to elementop.com, click the contact us button, answer the world's hardest captcha, fill out the form there uh, that goes uh, gets priority in my in basket, and that is the best way to contact us. It really is. However, because we know that not everybody likes to do the things the best way they can do them, we give you alternate options as well. You can uh, click, uh, you can email uh, to geekrant at elementop.com, and uh, that will go to all three of us, lest you think I am filtering your messages to the other two. Uh, you can dial five five nine I am op. That's our uh, Google Voice box, and uh, you can leave us a voice message there, and there's a good chance that we'll play it on the show. Uh, or maybe you can uh, contact me on Facebook and Twitter. Not likely, uh, but you could try because let's face it, we need some uh, activity on those pages. Uh, but really, the best way to do it is to uh, use the contact us button at the top of the page. Let us know what you think, and um, we look forward to hearing from you. Yep. I, I think I've run out of things to say, but we have like five minutes left in the show. You guys, anything you want to? Say, should we just sit I, here I in silence to, for a while? I wanted to mention something that uh, I noticed. Um, I was just reviewing our last show that we did uh, while I was at the gym, and uh oh, somebody's beeping. Oh, it must be the timer. Hang on. <laughs> sorry, I thought I stopped. I left it. the timer going. <laughs> That's weird. Okay, sorry. Um, I was uh, I was at the gym uh, on a treadmill reviewing our last show uh and i noticed it you know what 45 minutes or 40 whatever minutes we were i can't remember it felt really cool like i felt like it was a digestible chunk of my life and <laughs> i don't know if, if that explains anything in a scientific form but it just felt like it was about the right amount of time i don't know but anyway 
I just wanted to throw that in. I might be. Super everyone may disagree with me, but you know. <laughs> That's random. Um, yeah, I mean, originally this show was, you know, when it was Everyday Linux, we, we set out to be about a 45 to 50 minute show. And then we just grew over the years to encompass more stuff, more interests, more things. Uh, Seth's great new stuff. And, and you know, there's so many uh, good uh, cultural things going on. So it just kind of grew and grew. And, and I like the the fact that we're sort of focusing it and, uh, and making ourselves focus on, on uh, simple topics and uh, keeping the... Uh, the uh, rabbit trails to a minimum but we're only two shows in we may get bored with it. i don't know we'll just see what happens clearly i need to work out this whole timer thing so that you guys aren't beeping during the show i'll have to <laughs> I'll have to work on that um but yeah I, i'm glad to be back i'm i'm i really did miss you guys uh i didn't necessarily miss the act of doing a podcast but uh this week you know, I was ready to get back to it. So while I didn't necessarily miss it while it was gone, once I got back into the flow of it, it became a thing that I really, um, you know, looked forward to doing again. So I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm excited about what the future holds. Uh, also, you know, uh, I if there's anybody out there that you'd like us to try to interview, we've said this before, um, but we would love to do more interviews. Uh, of interesting people if you want to be interviewed uh you know you can put your hand up for that as well hopefully you've got something interesting to say something interesting to talk about but if there are leaders in a field or just interesting people that you'd want us to talk about uh i'm happy to send an email maybe even make a phone call um those of you who know me know uh, i don't make phone calls so that's actually a big ask uh to say that i'd make a phone call uh but i'm, I'm totally willing to do that and try to get some um some people on the show uh, but we just need to know who who you want to hear from other than us um, write right. us people that's kind of all i got to say miles seth any final words of wisdom before we say good night no i nope. still hate apple though okay apple uh, so we are, <laughs> we are wisdom free <laughs> for the night so uh thanks for listening listeners uh, uh those of you who showed up in the the chat room uh we we always appreciate having you guys around uh we, uh, we would love to get uh, a little more live engagement on this show. That would be awesome. Uh, we'd love to get engagement in general. Let us know what you think. Truly, it, it is something, you know, we assume that every person who reaches out to us represents, you know, dozens to hundreds of others. So uh, we, we, uh, we want to hear what you have to say. But mostly, thank you for sticking with us now for, what, seven years? We've been doing some iteration of this show. Uh, that's quite a long time, and some of you have been with us the whole time, and we appreciate that. And please go and leave us a review on iTunes. There are other places you can leave a review, and that'd be great. But still, at this time, iTunes is sort of the podcast directory. That's changing. I don't think it will always be that way, but it is right now. So go to iTunes, leave us a review, let us know what you think, let the world know what you think, and uh, we will thank you for that. Uh, for now, we'll see you next week because that's it for this episode of The Geek Rant. And remember, pay for what you like.